0: John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Stronger Die podcast. Today my guest is Christy Haney. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. I wanted to have you on here for a while now um, and uh, getting the opportunity, so that's cool. Um, So give us a a brief um, history. Uh, How did you end up doing what you do?
1: Um, Basically, my degrees are a bachelor's in nutrition science, and then I um, proceeded with a master's in health education, and then I felt the need to do the PhD uh, in nutrition science. It is in public health with a community, um, a, um, community action, but I really do a lot more with nutrition and fitness with that. Um My whole nutrition background actually started at an early young age when I was just a teenager, um, I lived in the state of California and my husband was best friends with uh, Mr. America.
0: Oh that's cool. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> And uh, so and that was <clears throat> back in the late 1970s, early 80s when women were not really into the into lifting. Mm-hmm. So uh, a really good friend of mine opened a, facility um, in Sacramento that had a men's side where there was a lot of uh, you know weights and bars and things like that and then there was a, a women's side that was more like jazzer size and get on something that sort of like rolled your tushy around a little bit yeah. but for me that wasn't enough. so being friends with her after they closed we were allowed we, we gained access to the men's facility <laughs> and we went in there and started training. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I found that genetically I was kind of gifted. My father was very muscular and I made gains very very easily. So that's for cool. me it was like right away it was like a little bit of a passion for me. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I got into the bodybuilding aspect mm-hmm. of it. But, you know, even training and competing, you know, for about 14 years and I won the Masters Nationals, which is the whole United States for women over 35 and the West Virginia states and so on. Um I felt like the nutrition part of it just wasn't there for me. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make better gains, but keep my weight down. So I started dabbling more into the nutrition part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I had the degrees in nutrition science, I never used it to its full potential. Yeah. Until um, Mm -hmm. I was around 40 years old. I had just done a big competition, feeling not so well, thought maybe a little adrenal fatigue or something Mm -hmm. when I found out that I was pregnant with my third child. Oh, wow. So, being 40, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do something with this nutrition. So, I started working up some plans for myself and then some plans for my sister and then my sister's friend and then one day like a little light (laughs) went on in my head and I was like wait a minute this might be a business (laughs) so that's kind of how that nutrition business actually sort of came about and I've been doing it for around 30 years now it's been fairly successful and I've learned a lot over the last 30 years
0: wow that's cool so um and this is a I think this is a big topic in uh, all aspects of fitness you know whether it's the weights or the nutrition or whatever um what do you think's helped more the actual uh Like the degrees and learning in that capacity or or the experience? What do you think has has contributed most to what you're doing now?
1: Mm -hmm. I'm really big on research. So I've done a a lot of um, research studies on nutrition Mm -hmm. uh, related to fitness. I did some stuff with like um, uh, garments and Apple watches and things like that too related to fitness. So so I'm kind of big on that. So I think that um, the education has definitely helped. Yeah. But the 35 years of experience working with a diverse population—that's probably where I get my most uh, education from. Because yeah, yeah. every, you know, you know, I'm, I get someone who maybe has a whole different health issue, or somebody. Now I'm doing strongman competitions. You know, mm-hmm. competitors. I've always leaned more towards sports specific, like swimmers, maybe distance or sprinters, or baseball players, or basketball players, or volleyball players. This is what I've always looked at, running, cycling, Mm -hmm. bodybuilding. And so now I'm finding that strongman competitors probably need nutrition as much, if not more, than someone who is a bodybuilding competitor or a different type of sports.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree. I think that's that's largely the case, and and, and that's happening not just locally, but even um, on the national scene. the The top, the top thirty uh, men and women right now are hiring people. You know, um, so I think that's important, and, and th- they're all saying it's making a big difference for them. Right, so, so you're
1: saying the competitors are actually looking for nutritional uh, yeah, yeah. help. To, yeah. 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 Right. I always said the athlete who is in the best shape and the best, you know, eats the healthiest is really the athlete that you know, goes to the top right. because we can all do the training if we put our mind to it. But the nutrition is very difficult. It's right. time consuming. Sometimes people just don't understand it. They feel like, um, you know, I remember being a bodybuilder and competing and after the competition, everyone would be like, Oh, I've got to have like, Ribs. I've got to have chocolate, you know. For me, it was always like, oh, when's my next competition? I want to do better. So right, right. I would, you know, I would never sort of like do that. I might let myself have too much fruit or, you know, yeah. too much beef or something. But other than that, yeah, yeah. you know, I would always just sort of like go next, do better nutrition. You know, that's how I always was. Yeah. So, but I, but I agree that, you know, nutrition is 80% of, of your success when you're trying to be in any kind of sport.
0: Yeah, um, and I I agree. It's it's a huge part of it, Um, and and it's also the most neglected for sure. People don't, uh, especially in strength sports. There's there's this, uh, I guess I'd call it a subculture where it's like
1: phenomenon about being having a little bit of fat. Yeah, it's just it's
0: just right. You know, and and on certain events in strongman, you know, having sheer body weight makes a difference. If you're doing a um, a truck pull, for instance. If you weigh a lot, when you lean forward, the truck moves, right? But, <laughs> but what's your but what's but, your
1: endurance? I guess it's a right, it, it's but, a static strength that you don't have to do very far, maybe. But if you had to push that, maybe a further distance, right. maybe the cardiovascular strength part of that may not be as good if you don't eat healthy.
0: Yeah, so you can be um, what they what people say is uh, fat but fit you know, you, that's a thing, you know, like, right? Yeah, a, like a sumo wrestler's fat fit, and, and they have endurance, you know, they wrestle all day. Right. But, right. but there are people that aren't doing that. They're just fat for the sake of being fat and then saying, Hey, I'm strong.
1: <laughs> right. I know, you know, I have found that, you know, last year I started getting into the half iron man. So I've picked up a sport I've never done before, which is swimming. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm finding that wow, you burn a lot of calories when you swim. It's really hard and it's, it's, it's a distance, you know? So I think that, you know, definitely depending on whether you're, like you said, pushing a car or whatever it is you're doing, a sumo wrestler, whatever you're doing, I think you need to look to see, you know, past, um, whether that little bit of fat is going to help you or hinder you from moving to the next level of, of training or the next level of winning a competition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that is largely, um, Individual, like there are, uh, if you look at all the number one, uh, like I'm talking the people that won worlds, right? Mm-hmm. From Strongman, um, off the top of my head, you know, I think the majority of those guys had like visible abs, it's probably 60 40, and then the other 40 percent may have been, um, kind of overweight but they weren't like morbidly obese or they, right. they weren't they still had a
1: lot of muscle and they
0: could still move. Right. You know? yeah. um, and, and if you look at the current crop of strong men now, because the sport has evolved and now I think you're seeing like a whole new type of, um, athlete emerging. Yeah, and
1: what is their age? I mean, what would be this, would, would be the competitor's age for strong man or strong woman?
0: Um, for the men, uh, you know, I think there's a, usually a decline after, like, after 40 or so. Okay. Um, people peak, you know, between 28 and 35. Okay, usual, i about that. usual yeah. kind of sport mm-hmm. range. Um, since speed's not always a factor, you know, they can usually get up into 35 and a little bit beyond.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: whereas maybe in football or something, after 28, you're kind of, you're on your decline Right, already. because,
1: you know, if I look at a competitor who... Uh, maybe has too much body fat but finds that to be okay then in the back of my mind I'm thinking okay on a uh, uh, if I'm looking at, at him just as a normal human being coming to me to lose weight, I would think, you know, what is it going to take to get, make you realize that eventually this body fat is not going to be healthy for you? Right. So I wondered about the age, you know, thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe at 40, we're still kind of pushing the, you know, we're pushing it a little bit. And maybe at 50, we might be looking more like, oh, wow, I definitely yeah. probably should get this stomach off if I'm going to, you know, continue in the sport,
0: and something you're, that we're actually seeing with the top people, um, like Zadrunas Savikas is probably the number one that people would think about. But there's other ones. Um, Where is he from? Uh, Lithuania. Do you know? oh, yeah. okay. And uh, he, uh, in the off season, um, I mean, he looks like a bodybuilder. I mean, he's ripped. He's shredded. He drops, I don't remember the exact number, maybe 80 wow. pounds. And then he will bulk back up and put on, you know, some body fat, just like maybe a body, an old school bodybuilder would during a bulk season, kind right. of belly and, yeah. but not terribly out of shape, but has, right. a, and he'll, he'll get to that stage during the competition season and then cut back down because, mm-hmm. They're getting smart enough to realize, like, hey, maybe I shouldn't weigh 400 pounds all year round.
1: Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you want? I always wonder about culture from different countries, and eating <laughs> habits. You know, does it differ from what we do here? Yeah. You know, and do they think of, you know, nutrition differently there than what we do? But if we're seeing your top strongman competitors looking like bodybuilders in the yeah. off season, we know there's some kind of trend going there.
0: Yeah, and um, – just off the top of my head, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't put any numbers together, but I would say that's largely happening outside of the US. I think okay. know, it seems to be more common here, this idea of, hey, I'm going to be fat, but it's cool because I'm strong. Like, right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. I think
0: that's more of a thing for here. Right. I don't, it's not as common overseas, I don't think right just yeah. off the top of my head i, I think that's the case
1: yeah I, I think i've i've had several um clients in the past that have been strongman competitors that are finished competing mm-hmm. and they're ready to get that weight off and, oh yeah and they've lost very easily you know yeah. once they knew that that was that career was over they were very willing to get back to what you know normal eating habits would be to lose the weight to get to a healthy weight
0: now and this is something i try to talk to uh, my clients about uh, a lot. Do you think that's easier for the strong men because of the amount of muscle mass they have underneath? Like do you think the muscle mass has um, a uh, effects if you can, how fast you can lose weight and how effectively you can lose weight? Well,
1: sure. Because the amount of lean tissue that a body carries boosts the metabolism. Mm -hmm. That's why we always see if I have a, if I have a male and female who come together, man and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, what have you, um, I always try to say, you know, you realize that, you know, the male who has higher testosterone, higher lean tissue has a higher metabolism. Right. So that weight is going to come off a little quicker. Mm-hmm. But as we see women getting more and more lean tissue, we also see the metabolism starting to be boosted yeah, for yeah. that too. But yeah, with strong men and competitors, I think they do have, a, a you know, a, an amount of lean tissue that creates a higher metabolic state than yeah. it would for someone who is was just not an athlete at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I think, like, uh, bodybuilding, you know, those those people, the men and women, both, they have enough muscle mass. Um, I'm not going to say it's easy, but, you know, w- when you watch their 12-week – it, it's literally you heard the term melting off. It literally looks like it sure. melted off, you know.
1: I competed anyway. for about 14 years in women's bodybuilding, uh-huh. and of course, you know, I owned my own facility, so it was very simple. Up at 4:30 in the morning, get your hour or two car, you have, you know, get your yeah. training. It was much simpler for me, but because I had the advantage of ha- owning the own, my own facility, yeah. the nutrition part of it has changed drastically from the time I competed till now. I mean, you know, when I see someone come in and they're sort of like, "Yeah, I'm doing bodybuilding, strongman, whatever." And they're like, this is what I'm eating. I, I sort of giggle to myself, but not to them, of course. But it's right. like <laughs> chicken rice, chicken sweet potatoes. You know, it's kind of like, oh, wow, old school bodybuilding. I mean, yeah. that has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Because even back in the 1990s, uh, I worked with Dr. Barry Sears. We started working a little bit more with endocrinology. So we work with... Um, you know, stabilizing blood glucose so that the body can actually produce or have a higher metabolic state. So we can eat a wide variety of foods, uh, you know, in the plan now. So we're not so bored with, you know, seeing people carrying around that little plastic container of chicken and rice (laughs) or chicken and sweet potatoes.
0: Now, is that, is that the bear? Is that the Dr. Sears? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So how did that come about?
1: Um, I, I, um, I worked a little bit, uh, just long distance with Jean and, um, oh, sorry, I can't remember their names right now, but they were actually, they worked a lot with amino acids and that sort of led to working with Dr. Barry Sears and um, that's where I first started acknowledging that there was a relationship between um, the hormones that the body secretes as far as digestion
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and metabolism. So I did a lot of research and, um, uh, you know, calculated a lot of data into Um, glucagon versus insulin and, you know, how the body stabilizes the blood sugar after carbohydrates have digested. I worked a lot with the glycemic index, which is definitely what Dr. Sears works with. Mm -hmm. So all that became a big part of my a nutritional program cool. and i found that whether you're a strongman competitor or you're a, you know you're a runner or you're a baseball player if we learn how to st- stabilize blood glucose the body has a really good chance of getting in there and searching for glycogen stores which carry in a fat cell and normally we carry it visceral. We, visceral we carry it around the pancreas and the liver mm-hmm. so it it tends to get in there and sort of burn that fat for fuel. It's a very high metabolic state. And I always tell people, you're going to recognize it right away because it's almost like someone wipes the brain fog clear and you're just sort of like got a little bit of energy and endurance like you've had a good night's sleep. So I have found that that has changed the way I look at nutrition. And so now when I get someone who's sports-specific, I'm not just saying, okay, you get this amount of carbs, you get this. I look at it in a whole big complex manner to where it's all about their training, all about their gender, all about their intensity, you know, so there's a lot more factors that go into nutrition now than did 30 years ago when I first started into the business, which I I love. I love looking at that and figuring that out.
0: Cool. So would you say that, um, the basic model that you're you're using is kind of, uh, based on macros and calorie, uh, in calorie out, and that's kind of the first wave or the bottom of the pyramid. And then from there, it's kind of, timing and, and glycemic index and and that's how the the pyramid would be formed sure
1: we work, we do work a lot with the energy expenditure when it comes to an athlete for mm-hmm. sure because you know someone just off the street who comes to me because they have type 2 diabetes or they have heart disease or they and their doctor said I have to lose weight. Right, right. It's pretty simple for me. You know, yeah, we yeah, calculate yeah. basal metabolic rate and then we, you know, we can use a pretty simple formula to give them the amount of carbohydrates, proteins and fats. But when we have someone uh, like yourself for instance that comes in, I have to look at all sorts of things. Right. I definitely have to look at energy expenditure. I have to look at the difference between I mentioned this before, between static strength and cardiovascular strength. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you picking something up, you're carrying it a long distance. Right. So so you're doing both. Yeah. So I have to make sure that I give you enough carbohydrates to fuel the body during your competition. But I also have to make sure that I get a little enough protein in there without spillover to let your body recover. Okay. So it's a lot more complex when you're talking yeah. about strongman.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's always the case with straw <laughs> um, so uh, I'm, I'm probably known as the anti-ketogenic uh, guy so I have to ask this question <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on the ketogenic diet?
1: Yeah I mean obviously I would never put someone deliberately into a ketogenic state it just yeah. isn't healthy because what happens is ketone bodies are just their hormones just like insulin and glucagon, epinephrine cortisol they're all fuel seekers. So, if we're eating high protein, high fat diet, and the body is producing all these ketone bodies, they're getting in there, searching for fuel. They're not like glucagon or insulin. They're not. Um, they're not specific as to what nutrient they're looking for. So, you take a chance on breaking down some essential amino acids mm-hmm. that the body needs to create lean tissue or keep lean tissue that we already have so you might see mm, a pretty good weight loss in the very beginning but is it the right weight loss did you lose any lean tissue you know Mm. can you sustain that it's just not a sustainable plan ketogenic is really not healthy for athletes because it puts a lot of strain on the kidneys and the heart so it's just not something I would definitely recommend for anyone actually
0: yeah, I don't recommend it at all ever. But um, That's good. I'm glad but, you don't. Yeah. But it on well, the other side of things, it seems to be the go to nowadays. It's, you know, sure, it's the
1: fad diet that it, people you know, people are always looking for quick, easy, fad, you know, I'll eat great for, for six days and I'm gonna lose five pounds, but yeah. then I'm gonna gain it back. But who cares? I lost the five you know, it's always right. that little bit of fad and now it's the new keto, you know, which who has a clue?
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, they change it uh that's the the uh, the keto people. In, from my experience, will they will cannibalize each other because when somebody uh, doesn't have success on it, the other keto people point and say, "No, oh, that wasn't real keto." Right? Exactly. <laughs> you missed
1: a few proteins there. What have you? Yeah. yeah.
0: So. I mean, yeah.
1: proteins, uh, you know, for me, the, my calculation is usually for a, nor- a normal average person, it's 0. 0.5 grams to one gram per pound of body weight mm-hmm. for every uh, pound of body weight. But for a strong man, we usually double that. Or for yeah. an, someone who's bodybuilding athletes, we usually double that. And that's more than that. But we also give you the essential carbohydrates to fuel your body. Right. Those are your glycogen stores. That's your blood sugar, yeah. your blood glucose. You have to have that. And then, of course, along with a good source of. Unsaturated fat, not saturated fat. The keto thinks is so, you know, yeah. fatty meats, fatty bacon. You know, the unsaturated, nature-based sources like nuts, seeds, right. avocados. Those are the things we need to boost the metabolism to give us energy.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, and anybody, <clears throat> I'm not going to say anybody, but most people that have any um, actual education and seems to be saying the same stuff. So I don't know, I don't know how this keto thing becomes. so popular I don't know anybody with not too many people with legit uh educational background that comes out and kind of is pro keto
1: yeah I mean the population is so divided I mean you know you've got your athletes and then you've got your you know your people who would oh my gosh you know they walked their dog for 15 minutes and that's that's a lot of exercise for the. You know what I mean. Right. So it's like there's such diversity there that people will try anything to lose some weight. They, mm. You know, they would rather not ever step on a treadmill or, you know, walk a mile. You know, as long as they can go keto and lose a little bit of weight. But again, like anything else, it's not sustainable. You cannot continue right. to do the keto diet. It doesn't work that mm. way.
0: I think um, <clears throat> one thing that. Uh just kind of human nature that people do that they, they kind of gravitate towards these things they'll go to keto and they think well I'm going to go on keto and this will be forever and and I might go back on what I said earlier a little bit here but I think it would be fine maybe if somebody went keto and, and lost their weight or whatever and realized hey this is the beginning of a process and this process sure. got me to lose 15, 20 pounds whatever yeah. and now I need to look further to continue and in the end if they did that and they constantly thought that at the end they would probably be where they actually needed to be and they'd probably be doing something closer to what you're having people do and and something that would be sustainable and that would be forever right but I think people they just want to grab the first easiest thing and pretend like well this is going to be the next 50 years of my life
1: I mean I work with I probably work with 120 doctors in the Morgantown, Clarksburg, Wheeling area. And, of course, we all have a little bit of a difference in what we think nutrition should be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have talked about this several times. If someone is morbidly obese, if they are 400 or 500 pounds, they really, um, psychological, have a really hard time believing that they could lose this weight. Mm -hmm. So in order to see something kind of quickly, that's when keto might be something that you give them. And then once they've, like you said, once they've lost that initial 50 to 100 pounds and they see there's a light at the end of the tunnel and they realize, oh, hey, look, now I can exercise, now I can walk. Maybe I should start eating a little healthier, I'll start adding this in yeah. so I see that to be a little bit of a pattern for doctors too who, who actually encourage people to yeah. do a keto diet.
0: Yeah, and I, like I, like you said, I think that that's cool as a starter point perhaps. It's maybe not be the best starting point or the most ideal, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do and right. And if, if that was the start and then it was you went through cycles or phases or whatever and you kind of went to something better but but people don't seem to a lot of people don't want to seem to do that they want to grab something and stick with it and say this is it but you can't do that with anything right i mean when you did bodybuilding the your first ever workout was not the same as, oh my gosh. as the workout when i you look did. at my pictures <laughs> from my first bodybuilding competition
1: i was like what? I didn't even have any muscle. Why was I why was I even in that competition? I mean seriously, why did they let me get on stage, you know? I think I won like third place, you know. I was like, oh my gosh, seriously. And I've you know, over the years I have done a lot of I, I do personal training, but I have done a lot of um, bodybuilding competitors helping them with their posing routine and their mandatories and stuff and I'm always very brutally honest, you know, people will call me and say, hey, can you critique me? And I'm like, only if you want me to be brutally honest, because honestly, (laughs) I would not want somebody to tell me to step on stage again, if I didn't look like I should, you know, it's senseless, you know, and I always try to be nice about it. And we take pictures and we, you know, we look at them and, you know, I try to explain to them that, you know, this is physique. This is your, you know, it's not lifting a 300 pound rock and carrying or whatever it is you all do, but. It's people are going to be judging you on symmetry and striations yeah. and how you look. So you need to have somebody be more honest with you about, yeah, you yeah. know, about what you do. But, but yeah, in the beginning, you just don't know. It's like anything else. You think you're pretty good at it till three years later, you go, Whoa, I wasn't good at that at all.
0: Yeah. Well, because <laughs> you there's know? no, there's no, um, it's, it's like you said, you can't just go pick up a rock and say, well, can I do that or can I not? Like, you don't.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, it's, yeah, It's
0: hard to say. You I know. mean,
1: I've always been the type of person that, like, I just want to be good at everything. You know what I mean? I just yeah, want yeah. to try everything, yeah. you know? And, and I realize that there's just some things I'm just not good at, so I don't do them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, swimming, I'm starting to question my swimming ability. You know, I, I'm getting better. But, you know, when I get somebody next to me in the pool that's swimming like a fish, I'm just like, oh. Holy cannoli! How do these people do this? You know? And it's because it's they've practiced. Yeah. You know, they've practiced and practiced. And I think with anything, when you first start, you're not very good mm. at it. You know, but as you practice more and you practice more and you practice more, yeah. I mean, someone who maybe you know is one of your clients who's a good strongman competitor maybe wouldn't be able to go and run or you right. know or do a five k I mean. or something. <laughs> you, right. yeah. but yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and, and, you know, and again, like I said, you know, um, the nutrition part of uh, of any training uh, regimen is probably the most difficult. And we would all like it to just be easy, but it's yeah. not always like that. No. You know, it's difficult, and you got to – it's time-consuming, and there's prep work, and then, you know, you got to take your kids to basketball, and you got to, you know – your wife needs a day and everybody needs something and everybody's pulling and tugging on you and you're thinking, wow, this is really difficult, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are going to be times when you're not going to be as good at it. But for the most part, if you want to be an extreme athlete, such a strong man, you have to put in the time. Oh yeah, for sure. If you want to win.
0: Yeah. And and that leads me to, um, what we talked about before we started recording, um, and, and working with clients and stuff and it being a process, Um, I know that, uh, with my own clients, when I get people, um, I have to kind of teach a lot of them that it's a process, right? Like you're going to start off doing this and then people say, well, why can't I lift the stones? I'm like, well, you should probably learn how to squat before you lift a stone or there's a long process, right? And, and, um, you know, you need a certain amount of muscle mass and you need to do this and you need to do that. And the workouts aren't always going to stay the same. I've had people, uh, nearly panic when I change an exercise. Why aren't we doing this? Why are we doing this? Right. <laughs> they get so so set like they think the first Workout we did is just is going the one to be they're going to continue to do three days a week. For right, the rest exactly. Of their <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But but it's a process, and uh, we talked earlier. But could you uh, kind of explain that and, and how that works with what you're doing and how it's a process?
1: Sure. I mean, as far as the nutrition goes, and like I said before, you know, a strongman competitor needs both the static and the cardiovascular strength. So for me, I have to figure out, you know, what days do you train, what days do you recover. How long do you train? You know, mm-hmm. What else do you do physically during the day that I know that I'm going to need to add calories for? What is your age? You know, um, Do you take any medications? There's a lot of factors that go into that. And then once we do that, then I'm able to determine macronutrient breakdown. Mm-hmm. Maybe different from day to day. Calories might be different from day to day. And then I usually I give everyone a list of foods. What do you like and what don't you like? Of course, we eliminate anything where there's Uh, People might have an um, autoimmune or inflammation to something or have an allergy to something or just don't like something. And then we take that macro breakdown and we put that into uh, a a breakfast, a snack, Mm -hmm. a lunch, and a dinner for everyone. And for me, if I had someone calculating all of that, it would be a no-brainer. All I got to do is pick up the menu, fix the breakfast, fix the lunch. I mean, for years I had a paper and pencil you know, I have a huge computer system now, but paper and pencil and calculate all my stuff for my bodybuilding, my running and, uh-huh. you know, wasn't sure if it was right, adding it up again. But, I you know, I'm taking all the guesswork out of it for them. So for me, it's just, you know, it's their starting point, as you say to finding out, is this too complex for you? If it mm-hmm. is, we'll take it down a little bit, yeah. you know. Um, if there's something you didn't like, you know. I tell people they can repeat the breakfast if they like that. Right. And then, of course, you know, on competition days and day before, it's a total different ballgame. They really need to have an, a menu for the day before the competition yeah. so they can build some glycogen stores and then the day off so we can front load those carbohydrates in the morning so that when they're, work, when they're doing their competition, you know, they'll have the right macros that they need, the right glycogen stores that they need, the right protein to recover, good sources of fat for energy. That's everything we look at. So, but again, it it can change, you know. If it didn't work, they didn't, maybe they didn't feel as energetic that day or maybe their weight didn't go down. If they're trying to lose weight, it's even different. I have to figure out what's max calories I can give them so they can still work out and do what they have to do but cause there to be a little bit of, A deficit in the energy expenditure, so that they're going to lose a few pounds. Also,
0: and that can't be done in one consultation because no, (laughs) the the first, the first, it's like throwing darts, right? Exactly. That's your first dart. You might hit the bullseye, right? But you might not. So, um, and I think that's kind of what you know. I have to go through here as well. You know how how many sets do you respond to? What's your best rep scheme? Things like that. Sure. Um, and it's probably easier for me because they're here and I'm watching them do it but for you it's probably more communication when they come in they have to tell you
1: right exactly i mean we go through about a whole hour of you know of trying to figure out you know tell me everything you can tell me that i need to know Yeah, know? yeah, yeah how long have you been training what do you do you know, what's the heaviest you lift? What days do you lift heavy? What days do you not lift heavy? You know, yeah. what do you eat now? Do you know how many calories you take taking now? I mean, we go through a series of about an hour of asking as many questions with me continually saying, is there anything else you can tell me? Is there anything yeah. else you can tell me? You know,
0: it's Brian and then I just have
1: to take that information and put it into some menus for them, yeah. you know, but, you know, it would be up to them past that point to to message me back or email me back and say, "Look, wait, this didn't work because you know what? My work day is too long this day, and I can't fix this meal for the next day." Or my training, you know, I had one of your clients say, "Oh, my my work schedule changed, so yeah. my eating is different uh-huh. now." So yeah. I had to change the times in which they eat because we also do mealtime logs for them. Right. So we do a pretty extensive amount of you know counseling and and actual information that we give people,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Uh, or would there be? <clears throat> so let's say somebody came in uh, first time, and you you got all this information. You gave them the first batch of menus, and then um, they come back. Uh, was it two weeks? Two mm-hmm. weeks later, they yes. come back two weeks later. What would be some ideal information that you would definitely want them to tell you? Like, uh, would you want to hear uh, which menu items they like the best, or is this? How much weight did I lose? Like, what would be, like, a checklist of things that you would want to hear?
1: Yeah, usually the first thing I ask, you know, ask competitors when they come back was, you know, how did you feel? You know, how did you feel eating this food? Did you have the right amount of energy? Did you feel like recovery was good? You know, would there is there anything you need me to change? Was there something you didn't like? You know, is it too complex? Which is usually the biggest thing. You know, we try to give a variety of tastes because I'm just the type of person that I don't want to eat the same food every single day, you know? So we try to give a variety, but yeah, I think the things that, you know, I tell people, if you have a question, write it down because right. then when you come back, you're going to know, Oh yeah, I meant to ask you that. Oh, I meant to ask you that. And if you don't ask me questions, I don't know how to answer or, right, right. you know, I, I need to know, how did you feel? How did it go? Were you hungry? Did you feel like it was too much food? You know, all yeah. the normal questions that somebody would ask if, you know, if they were starting a nutritional program.
0: Yeah, and I would say, um, and <clears throat> it's probably important to show up prepared. Like you said, take notes and really think about. The week and how it went, so that that they can give you a a very informed because the more information you have, the better everything's going to work.
1: Exactly, because I'm just yeah. meeting these people for the very first time, and they're getting <laughs> ready to compete in two weeks.
0: Right, you know, and I'm and I'm trying to
1: get their their weight down to their weight class. In the meantime, I'm trying to give them energy and strength, and you know, yeah, and you know, a hundred other things. So yeah, for me, it's like as you said, when you come in through nutritional counseling should have a lot of stuff written down already i mean we have a yeah. basic health form that we felt, you know what's your competition weight what's your normal weight what's when's your next competition you know i mean we ask every possible question we think that we need you know to calculate the menus for them
0: and and it's it's okay to give you answers that that they think that you might not like, right? Absolutely. <laughs> like if you, say, if you say, this is too complicated, it's okay to say yes.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> we tend to, um, and I always say this, it's like, you know, in the beginning, you know, it's like menus are pretty, you know, just normal foods, but after you've eaten those normal foods for a while, you're sort of like, oh, I would just really like to have something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to want pizza, or you're going to want something that's not good for you. So, yeah. you know, we always try to do that, but absolutely by no means, if there's something you don't like, or you want us to change, or you want me to change, I'm not going to know that unless you tell me, Right. right you know, right. I mean, obviously <laughs> conversation is the best way to eliminate anything that might be going wrong, because how would we know if somebody doesn't tell you that it wasn't right, you know?
0: Yeah, I think, and this is one of the... <clears throat> Well, any kind of uh, field like this, I think this is one of the, uh, I train a lot of doctors and stuff and they'll tell you too, people will come to see him and then they just won't give them any information and they'll, they'll sure. withhold stuff or especially if it's not like an ER visit where you just showed up that day, but it's like a, a visit you knew 30 days in advance, people will come and they'll forget to tell. And it's like, sure. you should have been prepared when you went because it's important.
1: Well, you know, and as you said a while, you know, maybe the difference between what you do and I do is like, so you're training and you can see if they did 15 reps, you know, you can see if they're compliant, but for me, I don't know if they're compliant. (laughs) I don't know if they're following the plan. I really don't know what they're doing. You know, I I can only go by what they tell me, you know, and I think you're going to have the people that are really, really going to follow it. And then you're going to have the people that are just like, eh, I've gotten by this far you know i'm just i'm only going to follow it a little bit and see what happens so you know it's really accountability to yourself at that point whether you're really doing it and how are we ever going to know if it's successful if you don't really do it
0: yeah well it's you know and i think that's one of the things too i i get this uh i trained people and they'll, they'll skip assistance work or they'll add work in. And, then, and it's so hard at that point to determine at the end of like, uh, if it's a, if it's a true training cycle at the end of, you know, six weeks, 12 weeks or whatever to say, did it work or did it not? Because you altered it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've done, uh, the week of bodybuilding for someone and it's pretty intense. It takes me three weeks to figure out that final week for somebody. I mean, it's down to the gram of water, down to the gram of food, and so on. And I can't tell you how many times they've sent me pictures the day before, and I'm thinking, well, I miscalculated, you know. And then the day of, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I've miscalculated, only to find out that three weeks later that they're like, oh, well, my husband told me I should do blah, blah, you know, and so I did, you know. And I'm, I'm always thankful that they did something else that wasn't right. my plan because it's so specific. Yeah. And I try to tell people, this is so specific. If you want to win, you have to do this, you know? Yeah. So, but, you know, I'm sure you've heard this before. People come in and they're like, oh, I already know how to train. I just need, you know, I just need somebody to be accountable to. And, you know, people tell me, oh, I already know about nutrition. I just need somebody to be accountable to. And I always think to myself, "Whoa, it's pretty good." If you know as much as, <laughs> as you know, or I know already, uh, yeah, oh, you
0: know, yeah, yeah. well, I'm definitely, <laughs> or
1: you would be doing what you do or what I do, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and,
1: yeah. You
0: yeah, know, and, and I think it's. Uh, I don't advertise that. I don't think you don't advertise that either. Like, no, I am an account- accountability. <laughs> no, coach no, 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 or no, whatever, no, no, like, no. I definitely don't advertise you know, they, that. They want to. They, I don't know. To right? Me, they, it's they, like, they all
1: become your friends. They, they become. Uh, I mean, you know, they really. Trust you. That's the big thing for people yeah. because I see obese children, obese. I mean, they they're 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 terrified. They have disease. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, psychologically they're struggling. I mean, I see a lot of people that if they don't trust me, they're not going to succeed. Right. So I have to understand that little psychotherapy. You know, how yeah. do I treat this person and how do I deal with this? It might be different than I deal with. You, if you come in, I might be a little harder on you because I know you train strong man and I yeah, know yeah. you can take it, you know, or someone else I might be a little bit more empathetic with and try to take it a little slower and so on. But
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, you're still a coach. I mean, exactly. You know, like I don't think like nutritionist or dietitian covers the whole
1: no, definitely nutritional not. coach or
0: a dietary coach. No, or, no, you no, know, no definitely not. Definitely a type yeah. of coach. You know, yeah. For sure. Well, I
1: think other, like some dietitians, some nutritionists, I think I have, a, I, I do have a slight edge because I do have an athletic background mm-hmm. because I've done a lot of things uh, in sports. And so I feel like that really gave me that little bit of like edge, you yeah, know, yeah. to better understand athletes because, you know, some people never get into that. So they don't even understand what you do. They right? understand right. the time, the effort, the, you know, the times away from your children or your job or your family friends or family or whatever to do that, but I think I do understand that, and so I understand when people say, hey, my menu was too hard, or my menu was too complex, or, you know, something just wasn't right with that, I am perfectly okay with that, and that's, that's when we change it, you know, we...
0: Yeah, and I mean, essentially, that's um, that's kind of what they're paying for, right? I mean, exactly. they're not just paying to mindlessly show up and get the same thing every time. Like,
2: yeah, it's exactly. a process,
0: and you're they're they're paying for this process to to kind of grind right, along and exactly. move along. Yeah, and, and yeah, no,
1: and I'm not sure about your um, like when you have competitions, whether it's all year long or whether it's just for a, a season or how that works. But I mean, there would definitely be more of a a lax uh you know maybe not quite as uh, much restrictions when they're not competing you know yeah, yeah. that they could do something a little bit different maybe gain a little more lean tissue add a little more protein to the plan so mm-hmm. there's all kinds of you know aspects to that
0: yeah i think that's with the athletes especially i think that's important to understand too because um <clears throat> uh, strongman in general is a big person sport right uh, like again you should probably shouldn't just be blindly super obese, but right. um, the bigger you get, the stronger you'll get, and the more opportunities you get within the sport. That's just how it works. The the world's right. strongest men are 350, 400 pounds. Um, right. The world's strongest women are uh, 180 at least and up. Most are 200 or more. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so. There will come a time if somebody's becoming really successful at the sport a lot of the time where they'll decide to go up. And that changes everything that you're working on. Sure,
1: absolutely. They go up in weight, you mean? They want to go into the next weight? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they want to make that transition from 140 to 160 or whatever. The cases, yeah, and
1: I've you know, just being a women's bodybuilding competitor, I mean, you know, so I'm five foot one, so I mean, I knew that you know, starting out of a weight of about 86, 90 pounds, that I was never <laughs> going to get to like 160, you know, max for a, a, a lightweight is like 115, so I knew that I could probably gain 15 yeah. pounds of muscle within a three or four year period, but I wasn't going to gain. Thirty pounds of muscle, right. you know what I mean. So yeah, it does change. There are people who can get past that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, class that they're in and get to the next weight class, but it would definitely change the way they eat.
0: Yeah, and then you know you have to gain, and then you have to maintain that if you don't sure. want to go up, and, and it yeah. Ch- changes. Yeah, and um, and when
1: when I see competitors th- three weeks before a competition that I've never seen before, it's really difficult for me to right. figure out. Whoa! Where are you? You're 180. You need to be 180. okay, we can't gain anyway. So I mean, so that too. And as I work with these people longer and longer, yeah, just yeah. like anything else, we're going to get more familiar, and we're going to understand, and we're going to know, and we're going to know how to change your plan. Yeah,
0: I probably haven't sent you the. Uh... The easiest group of people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but they're all pretty, they're all they doing pretty good. So, oh god, I'm so, glad so they, so credit to you for that. Yeah,
1: and I've but, been texting back and forth with some of them just yeah. to, you know, check their weight each day for me so yeah. I kind of get an idea. So we do have a lot more uh conversation with each other, yeah. you know.
0: Uh, now we've been talking a lot about athletes and stuff, but um most of this uh probably I'm assuming um, applies to normal people too. It's a process. They should be giving you information and asking questions and answering questions and, and, and all that. Um, can you tell me some of the biggest, uh, maybe the biggest differences between the two, like just a normal It's like hey I want to lose weight or not die of a heart attack or whatever versus an athlete
1: right I would say that you know in general most people that come to me for weight loss has either been sent by a doctor you know or just kind of sick of their pudgy little body or whatever so for them it's for me it's very easy I would say that Eighty percent of them do not exercise past maybe the normal government one hundred and fifty minutes per week. You know, yeah. so maybe they're they're walking or whatever. So as far as metabolic uh, rate and basal metabolic rate, it's very simple for me to calculate. Yeah, it's calculated through age and activity and gender and uh, body fat, body weight, and desired body weight. And then once I do that, we can stick with a pretty general macro breakdown depending on age, anywhere between 40 to 50% carbohydrates would be max for any age, you know, 30 to 40% protein. So I can stay with that same basic formula. Um, I do still work with the endocrinology though. I work with that blood sugar stabilization because I want people to understand that until they stabilize their blood glucose, their body is not going to dip into fat stores. It's just not going to happen. And I've had great success, you know, with type 2 diabetes. I did my um, master's thesis on type 2 diabetes. So I feel like over the years, I've learned how to deal with almost every type of health issue.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And that's really fairly simple for me, you know, as long as, again, like, they're compliant. And, of course, I always have this little saying, you know, it's like, You know, people come like, oh, I've got to lose a hundred pounds. And I'm like, well, just consider that you and I will be family before this is over
2: (laughs) because (laughs) we'll be seeing so much
1: of each other and we will get to know each other and you'll get to know probably something about me and I'll get to know something about you. So that's really where it ends up.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume that, um, whereas with an athlete, um, you know, you have your work cut out for them because of the the workouts and the competition and stuff like that. But I think, and, and this might be a extremely biased opinion, but I think that people that are training for weight loss, um, their goal I'm not going to say it's not important, but it's not as uh, maybe as stressful as a competition, right? Like,
1: yeah, if- I, th- I think so too, because they don't have. I mean. You know, very few people are do what you do or have done what I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Or We have this uh, crazy thing that we have to constantly have a new goal. Like right. We, we have to lift heavier. We yeah. have to do this competition. You know, I have to run 26. I have to swim 3,000 yards. I mean, for us, it's always constant mm-hmm. goals and nutrition is part of that. But for most people, I hear things like, well, you know, I ate some cupcakes over the weekend because, you know, it was my birthday. I deserve that. <laughs> right. Where an athlete's going to be like, I did not touch those cupcakes. Right. There's no way, you know. Right. So, yeah, I think generally the stress levels of an athlete may be a little different unless we see somebody who really has a serious health issue right. that is dependent on yeah. weight loss. Well, if you're going to die. And then I mean, it's, exactly. That's,
0: that's a pretty big... Uh, when your doctor
1: says lose weight or you're not going to be here yeah then it's stressful um, but i always say too what is that point at which people say i have to get this off no matter what because right, right. i haven't found it yet seriously people will yeah. say that and they know you know it's i guess it's like quitting smoking or what have you it's like when what does it take i've had people have strokes right i mean and they still yeah. – they're just like, oh, well, I still have to have a little bit of alcohol because, I, you know, I'm with my family. I'm Italian. i got to eat this week. Like, they still just don't have, you know, what yeah. we would consider disciplined athletes. Right. But they just consider part of their <clears throat> life that's fun for them, and they don't want to give that up. You
0: well, know? I think there's not – a lot of time with the weight loss, too, and people are starting to learn this, though. We talked earlier about having somebody you're accountable to, so, that, so that's kind of important. And then having a date – I think that's like there's this impending right, a gold date, date. Mm-hmm. but without an actual competition i feel like those dates aren't as solid sure you can push it you know. yeah yeah i see you things know. like
1: you know for instance i had a client that her daughter was getting married and wow she just kicked booty and she just lost that way because she did not want to be the pudgy mother and now the wedding is over and she's just kind of like oh really yeah you know what i mean so when
0: I mean, it's the next i can see you know. her
1: gaining way back and for me i'm like Find another right. event, go yeah. on a cruise, do you know, find something that's gonna push you to stay yeah. healthy. This is about your health. You know, this right. isn't about anything else but, you know, you want to live a healthy life, do you not?
0: And and maybe if that hadn't been a wedding and an actual thing that if if she had just said January sixteenth.
1: Right, yeah, absolutely.
0: I don't think that would motivate people as much as, Hey, I'm going to get up in front of all these people at this event.
1: Exactly. So I think
0: that's one of the things, a lot of weight loss clients, um, they miss in their motivation or their discipline, or as a, like a competitor, even if it's strong man or whatever, you, there's an event that's happening and you paid for it and you signed up for it and you have to get up in front of these people. And even if it's, there's three people watching, it's still a thing. Yeah. And, um,
1: I mean, I know socioeconomics plays a big part in, you know, can we afford to take strongman classes? Can we afford to go to a nutritionist? I understand all that. But I have all diverse economic, you know, mm-hmm. clients who say, you know, okay, I can't afford beef tenderloin, but I can get the eighty twenty beef. Right. I mean, they're willing to make the change to see what they can do. And I think because... We have all this internet. We have all this information just blowing in our faces consistently. People are so confused about what they should do. And they all know how to do strongman and nutrition better than we do. do you know? I mean, right, right. they read, you know, they're all, you know, they yeah. know all that. But then you have the client that really seeks your help and advice mm-hmm. and trusts you and knows that you're going to be the best person to tell them what to do and how to do it. And they follow
0: it and they yeah. do it. So, Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's change gears just a little bit. Um, You had talked about how uh, with um, the normal client, like the normal weight loss or whatever clients that you uh, still kind of use the the hormonal stuff and the glycemic index and all Mm -hmm. that. Yes. Um, One of the things I tell people a lot of, and um, maybe you can elaborate.
2: Sure.
0: Is I would say the majority of people that come through the door here when I train them, um, their metabolism is just wrecked. And it's, it's because they have, um, either eaten way too much and it was all garbage, but usually is they don't eat enough and it was all garbage. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I tell them, you know, even before I send them to you, um, I say, listen, like you're going to probably be eating more than you've, than you're used to. And the reason is, is because that's actually your baseline. You've been you've been operating under baseline for so long, and it's wrecked your metabolism, and that's why you've gained weight. You gained weight literally because you weren't eating enough to to keep yourself at an optimal level. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest concepts for people to comprehend.
1: Sure, I mean, you just you hit that nail right on the head, seriously, because you know people will come to me. One, they've done keto, they've done HCG, they've done all these fad dieting and they base their caloric intake on about 600 to 800 calories, but their basal metabolic rate is 2000 calories. Right. So I have to tell people, I'm giving you 2000 calories. It's going to seem like a lot of food and it's going to take a couple of weeks for your metabolism to get built back up because you've slowed it down yeah. and your body is adapting to the, that caloric intake. So you're absolutely right. People either eat too much of the wrong food or too little of the wrong food and not enough of the right food, right. and when you start eating nutrient-dense, fibrous fruits and vegetables paired with lean proteins and good source of fat, it is a lot of food on your plate, you oh, know? yeah, yeah. And yep. people tell me, oh, my gosh, it took me an hour and a half to eat my dinner. Like, is that <laughs> right? And I'm, It's absolutely right. You yeah. lost six pounds. Was that not right? That was yeah. right, right? And they're still, like, questioning, like, that's just so much food, you know? But you're right. Yeah. They've wrecked their metabolism simply because they've done too many things they've read or too many fad diets, and... or because it was easy. Oh yeah, it's
0: yeah. easy to just grab a yeah a bowl of you know bullshit cereal and eat it in the morning. Absolutely, and then, and then skip Throw lunch. some protein and,
1: powder in it, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and skip lunch, and then hit yeah. McDonald's on the way home, and it yeah. just that's easy to do, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I don't know why people find. At preparing food and eating food such a difficult task. I mean... Well, I think
0: we're spoiled.
1: <laughs> I guess. Just run through the fast food, get some burgers and fries or, what yeah. you know. I know that some fast foods do try to, you know, make healthier versions. I mean, you know, for me, you know, I try to tell people, you need to prepare your own food because... If we want to be successful in the long run, we visually have to understand our portion. Right. If you eat out all the time, you don't know what portion you're getting. You're getting the same portion as somebody who weighs 120 pounds. You're not getting your right. portion. It right. is different. But if you prepare your own foods for a few weeks and you visually can start looking at that and going, Oh, yeah, I got this. Yeah. Now when I go to a restaurant, I know <laughs> exactly what I'm going to tell that weight staff to bring me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so that's really important if you want to be successful long term. There's no shortcuts, right? I'm sure there's no shortcut between you know um, leg curl uh, 50 pounds to leg curl 450 pounds. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> right. Like you got to like take step yeah. steps. You know,
0: eventually just time, yeah. to get time, there. Time and practice, yeah.
1: And that's the way it is. But but yeah, I think. I think sometimes the elements of, of lifting and nutrition both sometimes are overwhelming for people because they feel like, oh, I haven't even got the strength down yet, but now I'm trying to get the nutrition part down. You know, it's just too difficult. I just can't do it. But what they need to understand that is without the nutrition, the strength is not going to be there. Right. You know, because they'll fall with all those processed carbs. It's not going to be long-lived in the blood, you know.
0: Yeah, and especially if... if- this is one of the things I think that uh, strong men and power lifters and stuff fail at too is um, at some point your health will affect how much weight you can lift. It may not happen today. It may not happen immediately, but when you get to a point where you can't walk across the room without breathing hard, that's going to affect what you're doing because um, I mean, I've literally trained people that it was a struggle to do five reps even with a low percentage of their max, and it was because their heart rate and, and cardiovascular system couldn't handle it. And fives are a pretty optimal range um, for building strength—sets so of five, five mm-hmm. rep sets. And if so, if you can't do that, you're missing out on a, a big, uh, you know, strength gains. You're missing out on them if you can't do fives, right?
1: <laughs> I, I think too, and I'm sure you find this too. It's like <clears throat> you know, we want to help our clients do. All of it, you know. We right. want them to be get it, and we want them to be the best, and we want them to, you know. It's like we spend more time with clients, doing trying to get them to understand all of that, you know. And you and you just wonder sometimes, like, look, I'm going above and beyond what I'm really <laughs> supposed to be doing oh, here yeah. for your benefit. It's yeah, like yeah. you know, take advantage of all of your success with Strong Man, and you know, if, you know, fire. If I were here, I'd be like, wait, this is what John told me. Yeah. This John, t-, you know, yeah. like I'd be eating that up. I'd be writing it down and like, he going back. And yeah, yeah. like, I would be looking at all of it and saying, he's been very successful at this. And this is, I need to listen to him. and I need to do what he says because he knows what he's talking about, mm-hmm. you know, and not yeah. go out the door and say, <clears throat> oh, I'm going to go over there and lift that rock anyways, even though he told me not to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Well, <clears throat> well, uh, you know, it's funny you said that cause I actually, I actually hire coaches like, um. The different times in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, usually outside of the competitive season, I'll hire um, somebody else to do my programming. Um, basically just because I don't... I write, you know, 50 programs every weekend. Like, I just sure. don't write. So that. it's easier to get somebody else to do it. I'm very selective who I pick.
2: Mm-hmm. But when
0: they send it to me, I do it. Like, I don't change what they send me. I do what they send me.
2: Right,
1: because these people know. know what they're doing. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Exactly, yeah. No, yeah. and I get that too. That's like with me. I, You know, I, I belong to an organization that's triat for triathletes mm-hmm. and so each week I get my program what I'm supposed to be doing yeah, yeah. and sometimes I look at it and go oh my gosh I have 13 hours this week yeah. of swimming bike like how am I going to work and have a life you know but but these people know and they we, and we train with heart rates and we train in different zones <sighs> and and they get it and it takes all the pressure off of me look I don't got to know all of that you know all I got to do is what I know and all I got to yeah. do is do the training because these are experts in their field and they know what they're doing and it's worked very, very well for me, you know?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um, one other thing I wanted to bring up, especially when we, since we're talking about metabolism was, um, uh, and this is different, I think with, you know, normal people and athletes, but <clears throat> you get somebody that comes in and they're not in the best shape and they want to fix that. And um, I think the time spent in their life in their current condition affects how long it is to come out of that condition.
1: Sure, absolutely. And how long it takes the metabolism to boost back up.
0: Yeah, so, and yeah. just kind of everything, you know, cuz they've sure. wrecked they've wrecked some some organs, their oh, metabolism, yeah. some, some joints in their body are kind of wrecked. Like there's a lot that can be wrecked over a over a 10, 20, 30 year period. Sure. Um, and <clears throat> I think I think one of the problems is you will get an athlete like uh let's say a gymnast that was very you know they they usually end uh their career pretty early so right but they were in great shape all through preteens teens Absolutely. through high school maybe sure. maybe into college yeah. and then they kind of let go for 5 or 6 years but they still had 16 17 18 years of uh of a solid base
2: sure, high and only yeah. and
0: only 5 or 6 years of wrecking that and they can come out pretty quick.
1: Sure, muscle memory. Um, sure, you know discipline.
0: And, and a, yes. yeah, and a muscle mass too. Exactly. I mean, gym, the gymnast is, is no joke. As far as oh my
1: as, yes, <laughs> I remember seeing like fitness competitions. I was like, whoa, they're all gymnasts. They're just flipping around and you know, yeah. <laughs> handstands and the whole works. And
0: it, but a normal person that never had that, if they spend five or six years, it's going to take longer. Or and if it's longer than five or six years, if it's twenty years, it's going to take longer. And and there's no set uh, no set time. Like, hey, if you were out of shape for twenty years, it's going to take you this. It's very individual because because everybody's life is different, everybody's genetics is different, everybody oh absolutely everybody yes. wrecks their body a different way absolutely <laughs> sure a, yeah. Somebody who's obese from alcohol is going to be completely different from somebody that's obese from McDonald's. You know, oh,
1: absolutely,
0: yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's one of the big things people want really fast and it's not going to be the case if if you took your time getting to that you know
1: absolutely you know i always you know i tell people you know i'll I'll have you know a a female you know come in you know in two weeks you know you're gonna lose that little initial weight loss that you're not gonna lose each week so you know maybe in two weeks she's lost eight pounds she's like oh eight pounds that's it and i'm like well you're not gonna lose 40 pounds in a month you know you you took years to gain this 40 yep. pounds you're not going to get it off and besides you know if you're premenopausal, postmenopausal, postmenopausal, menopausal I mean females really have a harder time I and mean, men have that high testosterone y'all lose weight pretty quickly women struggle I mean I yeah. can have a man and wife and you know the the wife cooks all the food prepares it gives it to her husband well he just grabs it and goes to work and she's on the you know on the peloton five <laughs> days a week you know and they come back in and she's lost Point two, and he's lost six point two. You know, right. it's like, oh, that's just not fair. You know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think all of that plays into it. You know, whether we've been in shape prior, whether we have a high metabolic state to start with. But I'll tell you, when I get parents bringing in young younger children and younger teens, because the teen has asked, "Look, I don't like the way I look. I got," you know, I always say, you know thank God you have these parents who brought you because if you get this now you're going to have a life of health and that is going to be something that you need to thank them for Mm -hmm. you know because people who don't have that I mean you know oh it's the way I ate when growing up biscuits, gravy mashed potatoes, gravy you know whatever pizza you know I mean people just eat the crappiest foods and then they you know and, and sodas I mean people drink sugar after sugar after oh, yeah. sugar and sugar in the coffee and it's crazy.
0: Oh yeah, but yeah. Sugar's the big a big one. I mean,
1: yeah, it really is. But um but I think you're right about, you know, everyone is different. And people who have been in shape prior are going to probably succeed quicker than people who have never been in yeah. any kind of shape, you know. I do find this though, which I think is kinda of interesting, you know, sometimes thin people can eat anything they want, <clears throat> and they don't gain any weight. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's just their genetic makeup or uh-huh. whatever. you know. But then when they get to be about 50 or 55, they start to see weight gain. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, I don't understand. It's like, because you had such poor eating habits for the first 50 years, now you're going to have to change that, and you're going to have to change the way you eat, and you're going to have to have some healthy eat- yeah. eating habits. you know. Yeah. And so. age,
0: age itself affects your metabolism oh, too. Oh, yes. Yeah,
1: so you yeah. You go I through mean,
0: that change. I mean, even
1: myself, you know, at, at 63, mm-hmm. like, I'm finding that, you know, it's like, okay, like, I work that 10, 12 hour day. Then, you know, you go, you run nine miles. You're trying to get on your bike for a little while. And then you got to cook the food and you got to clean the house. I got to talk to my grandchild. I'm thinking, oh, I'm just getting too old for this, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: It, it
1: takes its toll on you. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, you just can't let it ride you've got to just keep trying yeah
0: uh back to losing uh you know people losing 0.2 pounds yeah two pounds stuff i think i think one of the problems is um people look at uh you know if it's an athlete they'll look at somebody did a water cut and they lost all this weight or or you'll see like biggest loser on tv and somebody lose 100 pounds or whatever and um, I think one thing that they don't, they can't seem to see the connection with is this personal biggest loser may have weighed 400 pounds and they lost a hundred pounds right. over, over how, I don't know how long that program is, but over the course of that program, hundred pounds or 50 pounds or whatever. But what percentage of their body mass was that? You know, like it would be way easier for me to lose 60 pounds than it would be for you. Exactly. <laughs> like, if I lost 60 pounds, I wouldn't, you know, you just I'd evaporate. Like 40, 40 pounds. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I think that's important too. Sure, um, and
1: you try to make people understand that. Yeah. I'm sure you do too. That you know that you know if you if somebody comes to me and they only need to lose ten pounds, I always say you have got to follow this to a T. Right. There is no leniency here for right. you. You only have ten pounds to lose if you want to yep. get this off. It has to be as strict as you yeah. can possibly be. Where if you had 110, I'd be like, mm, you know, okay, follow it, but you know. You don't have yeah, to Yeah, do be your like, best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be like, so, you know, I need to make these people understand that when you get to those last 20 pounds, they're not yeah. They're not easy. And
0: it's diminishing returns, you know. It's going to be... You lose a lot, and then it's going to taper, and you're going to have to work around and work, work and tweak harder. and...
1: Absolutely. ...and
0: everything, yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the cool things I know that you do, um, just from people telling me, is you also take the measurements, which I think is cool, because... Mm-hmm. Um, this probably this might not be with everybody, but especially here with um, people doing the style of training that we do, mm-hmm. um, most of them should be building should should be hopefully building a certain building amount lean of lean tissue, some lean tissue, absolutely, and, and then you're you're building that lean tissue and losing fat, so the weight on the scale may not. Be the best representation of what's she actually doesn't always happening. Reflect.
1: I always tell people, yeah. you know, you can't always go by this scale. I mean, the last 30 years of being in this business, I have always, every week when you come to see me, you will get weight and you will get measurements. Yeah. Because I want you to see those statistics every <clears> single day as, a, you know, as yeah. every week as a reminder, like, oh, I only lost 0.2, but look, I lost four inches this week. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And people will say, oh, I know I lost this week um, because I can feel it in my, Clothes and everything, yeah. and they'll get on the scale and it'll be like 0. 0.4, and they're like, There's no way, you yeah. know. And then I'll take and measurements is, and yeah. I'll be like, Woohoo, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. The measurements are really critical. And even during my bodybuilding, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times my husband and I would measure our biceps. You know, I was
2: like, <laughs> Oh, is
1: it 12 and a half now? What, you know, right, what right. is yeah. it? You know, what's our quad today? You <laughs> know, what's our quad this week? You know, yeah, what's yeah. our waist? You know, so yeah, that was always really important to me because I too was like, Oh, wow, I'm 110. Now, you know, these measurements better look a little different, you know, than when 104, they better look a little different, you know, in the right way, yeah, in the right direction.
0: And, and the irony, I think, with um, like normal non, non-athletic clients is um, they're almost more obsessed with the scale weight than the athletes who, who actually kind of have to have the scale weight for their weight division. Whereas there's no weight division for a normal human being. Exactly. And it's like the, the measurements are more important for you, but but they seem to be, and it's because of what they've seen and heard and all that, but they seem to really fixate on that scale weight for some reason.
1: I mean, I have clients <clears throat> who are obsessed with the scale. I mean, right in our nutritional dues and tones, it's like down, halfway down the page, it says do not modify your calories according to your scale weight each day because people will get on that scale. I have have one client, she'll move it around the whole house to try to get her lowest weight, and then she'll show me pictures of that all six scale weights that she had that day, you know what I mean, before she comes to see me. And it'd be like 0.2 less or 0.4 more. I'm thinking, oh my gosh! Okay, so let's just round this out. But guess what? This is the scale we're using right here because this right. is my scale, right, right. and this is the scale we have to go by. People are—they're obsessed with the scale. Seriously, men yeah. it's just as much as women.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I see it all the time and that people are i don't, i think it's just from TV and just the media and, and, and stuff like that. People are obsessed with their their their—you their, know their, their mass and effect on gravity for some reason. Yeah. It's like me, I personally don't really care, um, about that at all. You know, I'm more impor- I am, uh, more concerned with uh, body composition.
1: Absolutely. And, and
0: you know, if, if Lean I'm going to be, versus, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and it's because that's been yeah. our sport, you know. I mean, we've right. always, you know, during bodybuilding competitions, it was nothing for us to take our body fat down to like 6%, which is right. way too low. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like on an average basis, I would never take my body fat down right. that low, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the way that goes, but but people don't see it like that because they don't they look at their bodies a little different than we do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I don't think, you know, sometimes people say I feel so good about myself now, you know, and if I were to look at that as an athletic body, I would think, well, you're still pudgy, but, but I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But, but they're perfectly like they love, they're happy. They think they look really good and they do look really good yeah. and they feel good. So it's like everybody perceives what a healthy body looks like, maybe a little bit different, yeah. but because we're athletes, we look at it differently, I think, than, than some people might.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I think there's a, it's like you said, there's a perception of what is healthy, but the reality is the appearance isn't the best determining factor of that.
1: Exactly. You know. Right, exactly. um,
0: If if you have, if if your cholesterol's in check, your blood pressure's in check. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's just we talked about uh, fit but fat earlier, right? I mean, there, there's, yes. there's entire um, regions that are kind of of the world that are, are that. Sure. And- I have <laughs> obese customers
1: that don't take one medication. Right. And then I have, you know, thin little people with just a belly who take like six medications. You yeah. know what I mean? And, you know, some of that is definitely genetic makeup. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I think in today's world, if we don't take care of ourselves, you know, we are seeing more and more medications added to people's, you know, repertoire of, you know, unhealthy ha- habits. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be up to us to be responsible for, you know, our health. Yeah. And if we, you know, if we don't do every little aspect of it, like, I mean, obviously you do the extreme strong man, you know, that's, you know, but if you don't do something, you know, it's not going to work. And you're right. going to end up being one of those statistics of people who just take you know, multiple medications and then crap about how much they cost, but yet they don't want to buy healthy food or they, you know, they don't want to buy yeah. a new pair of running shoes or, you know, or something like that. But um,
0: yeah, it's it's crazy that, um, uh, and your, your fees are really low. Um, yeah. I mean, like like you, are, you are so affordable. And uh, I just, it just blows my mind that, that there's people like you out there uh, and people are much more willing to just, buy medication or pay for yeah, a doctor I, visit. <laughs>
1: I know, I've always been very passionate about, like, each client, I want them to succeed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I take it personal when people don't succeed somewhat. Yeah. I'm sure you do, too. yeah. Because yeah. you get sort of, like, you know, here are the resources, like, let's do this, this is going to be great, you're going to do great, you know, and then sometimes I do get positive feedback, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was great, you know, but for the most part, you're just like, jeez, they didn't listen, they didn't do it, you know what I mean, and I think, you know, for that matter, sometimes that's why we don't charge as much as probably what we should, because I spend a lot of time working on those menus, I mean, they're not done in in a, you know, they're done on think, a computer but they're done <clears throat> macro based you know well,
0: I think when you're really passionate about something it's hard to uh, charge a fortune for it because because right, you want people you to want come to, back to, you
1: want people to you know yeah yeah
0: and, and you want to you want to do it yeah it's not like you're dreading it like you want right, to do I know so, I enjoy yeah. doing it yeah and, exactly
1: uh, but, i feel bad when i have to tell people now it's going to take me about 2 weeks because this isn't yeah. you know and they're like oh that's okay you yeah. know that's fine you know
0: yeah but it's i mean it's so affordable um You know, your rate, I mean, it's super affordable. I just can't imagine anybody that says, you know, I'd rather pay for insulin or, you know what I I mean? I always say (laughs) this too.
1: People will, you know, say, "Well, you're costing me a lot of money. I say, yeah, but I'm saving your life. Right. I mean, basically is what I'm doing, you know. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's a good way. I'm saving your life, yeah. you know.
1: And, you know, obviously I'm saving you on medications because eventually you're not going to have to take, you know, uh, you know, metformin or whatever you're taking for your diabetes or whatever you're taking for your hypertension yeah, yeah. or so on. I mean, obviously some people have genetic cholesterol, hypertension. I've seen that over the last few right. years. Right,
0: some it's unavoidable. But
1: when people tell me that, like, wow, oh, you're costing me a fortune. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm saving your life. That's what I'm doing. And saving you know?
0: money. I mean.
1: Exactly. Dying,
0: dying isn't cheap.
1: No, it really is. <laughs> (laughs) It It really isn't, and getting there isn't cheap either. You know, people, you know, they just they'll spend, you know, money on just frivolous garbage foods, but yet, you know, you give them a healthy plan, like, oh my gosh, I got to cook the food, I got to, you know, it's crazy. Although I can say, you know, there are a lot of personal chefs in this town that would you know, probably more than willing to make some of this food for people if they want to take it a step further. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, and you're not opposed to that, right? If if somebody wants to um if somebody gets the menu from you and they have somebody else make it or
1: Sure, no, uh, not at all. I mean that's their menu. They've paid for it. They can Give it to their mother-in-law, or their
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there, you know, several. whatever
1: they could give it to anybody. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you have, you, you know, if you're at that level of socioeconomics and you want to do it all, just do it all. You know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I
2: mean, uh-huh.
1: they are specific to each client. That's the problem. Like we couldn't just make one batch of food and say, you know. Here's competitor one, competitor right, two, right. competitor three. Here's yours, here's yours, here's yours. Because yeah, yeah. it's not going to be right. Yeah, yeah. you know, It's going to be different for yeah. each person depending on when they train, how they train, what they like, what they don't like. So that's a little bit harder there because it is specific. But, yeah, that's me. If you could find somebody to do that, then, you know.
0: I th- and like you said, I think there are options out there. I don't know exactly what every one of those – those businesses do but there are several businesses in morgantown that do some sort of meal prep or meal like Mm -hmm. meal preparation type stuff Mm -hmm. so i'm sure there's at least one out there that would be pretty uh willing to to do whatever Mm -hmm. so um i think that's a really good uh, that's a really good yeah i have a i
1: have a friend who um her business i think is called like personal chef or something Mm -hmm. and she does I can put a shout out to her and, you know, yeah. and try to hook her up with you or what have you, or through yeah. me. And, you know, we could also do that. I mean, obviously we want these people to succeed, you know, yeah, yeah. we don't just want them to get the menus and, you know, put them in their folder and then two weeks later open it up and go, Oh, wow. Well, I was supposed to follow this menu and I didn't follow it. So I'm probably not going to see good results. I mean, we want them to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of which, so, uh, you work with people, not just in Morgantown. Right. I mean I work like, with
1: people all over the United States. Yeah,
0: so anywhere in basically in the world you could work with them.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: so that's pretty cool. So if people uh you know, I don't know, do you do video calls or phone calls? How do you normally do that?
1: Uh, I mean, usually we just, you know, do a FaceTime call the yeah. very first time, you know, okay. and of course I always email them information where they'll fill out health forms mm-hmm. and so on because I have to really get a better understanding of that. And I go through the same process I would if he were sitting right next to me. Yeah. You know, I ask them tons of questions and what are they needing, what are they doing, you know. And that sort of thing because there are very few places that do personal nutrition. Right, you know, you could go to a dietitian; they're going to give you mandatory federal government, you know, guidelines, and that's perfectly okay. But what I do is something totally different. And this is my business. It's not something that's a chain. Because people always say, do you have, is this a chain? You know, I say, no, it's not. But, you know, you can have your sister in Louisiana call me and we can email and we can do whatever. So, yeah, I can work with, you know, anybody. Of course, I can't do the weight measurements. That would be something they would be accountable on their own. But as far as, you know, designing the plans and the menus, absolutely.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so if, um, and, and we have listeners all over the U.S., so... Um, if they wanted to uh, use your services, what's the easiest way to contact you?
1: Yeah, they can just call the Nutrition Made Easy number. Um, okay. They could go to the Facebook page, you know, list under Dr. Andrea Haney. They could just call the number there and just make contact, the initial contact. And then I usually call, call them back when I know I have free time to sort of get a little bit of info from them. And then we can either do email or, you know, what, like some people like paper you know so we could do any of that yeah I mean I have clients that drive as far as three to four hours to come see me once a month because they've not been successful with any other plan and it's working for them um, both mentally and physically and for their health And, um, and I work with probably over 150 doctors also I mean I have a lot of doctors that send people because they just don't have the time to do it and I see a lot of doctors, as you do. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yep. They also come, you know. But yeah, I can I can do the plan for anyone anywhere. Cool.
0: Yeah, and that's that's nutrition made easy. Just the letters EZ. Yep. And um, the address is in Westover, I believe. Yes, so. it's
1: seven five nine Fairmont Road. Cool. Yes. Yeah,
0: so you can find that on um, Facebook. Uh, I'm sure a Google search will bring you to Facebook as well.
1: Yes. Yes. And, um, well, and we're working on a new website that I hope is going to be up and running by the end of the year. It's. Cool. Uh, macros to menus so it'll give people the ability Mm -hmm. to go on there and purchase menus without going through me they could actually go on there and purchase that if they needed to do that too so that's 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 our next step you know into the future of uh of uh, of nutrition but yeah absolutely
0: cool yeah everything's a process even even business absolutely (laughs) all righty well i think we're going to wrap it up i want to thank you um you know for taking the time out of your day and uh, meeting with me here for the podcast i think people will like it and uh, get a lot of good information out there. Um, Again, you can check out uh, Christy at Nutrition Made Easy. That's the letters E-Z, Westover, West Virginia. Uh, This has been John the Viking Mauser and Christy Haney. Get strong or die.